Bar Media. You are listening to an episode of The Local, a show about all things local, hosted by Charlene Comerford and Justin April. That battery doesn't die. Did you charge it? Nah, it's just. We took a whole month off. I did. We're still back at square one. I didn't. I was here a week ago with the museum folks. You were? Yeah. Well, I took a month off. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Took more than a month off, evidently. And I needed it. Showed up here with a salad. (laughs) Um, How are you? What have you been up to? What are you doing? It's been mayhem. Actually, I took a vacation, uh, like we all did. So, welcome back after a month of hiatus. Yeah, I know. Everybody. It's good to be back. Where did you go on your vacation? Well, I know, but you can tell everybody else. I went to Nashville. When I say everybody else, I mean like that one person that works next door that listens. For a few days, I went to Nashville and then came back. And it's my nervous tick. Stop. This is me now. (laughs) Stop. Okay. Throw over Phil there. Chalker's here too, by the way. Phil, you can you can jump in anytime you'd like to. Okay. Yeah. What have you done yeah. on your vacation that I, you haven't taken? Yeah, I don't get vacations yet. We're That's, working on it. Yeah. How long have you owned your own business? Going on seven years now. So you haven't had any vacations? No. Actually, mm-hmm. July. This was seven year anniversary this month. Really? Yep. Well, now we're in August, but yeah. Sure. Yep. Seven years. It's gone by really. By the fast. way, Phil Chalker is the owner of Fanatics. If you haven't been there, you should be there. It is uh, on the Ross Clark Circle. Philip Chagger um, owns more things than anybody. Not quite. Because he's got Fanatics and he's got Board and Table and Rad Giant Skateboard. Skate Supply? Skate, yep. skate Where's supply? Board and yeah. Table? I thought everything was in the same place. It is all it the is, same yeah. place. Oh, okay. Yeah, so a year ago we moved into a big old 5,000 square foot location and decided to kind of go ham with some of these business ideas. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Um, my son, we're going to get back to Fanatics in a second, but my sure. son, because uh, when you came in, I'm like, you look really familiar <laughs> yep. to me. But you didn't know me from Fanatics. You knew me from the bank. So how long? Are you still working at Army Aviation? No, I quit there in 2012. Okay. So been full-time on Fanatics LLC since 2012. Okay. Yep. Great. Well, my son used to go to the old location of Fanatics when it was over where, what is that place called now? I guess it was next to GNC. I think he came in the original, too. To the both. original, yeah. original. Yeah. The one over that by was. by the old movie gallery. Yes. Where or was it? What is, where was that, one? What is so, that bar? Country Buckwild? Yeah, Buckwild. Yeah. Right next door. Oh, okay. Metro West. Yeah. Is yeah, it Metro, Metro West? West? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he came during the, uh, the rough years. <laughs> Well, it wasn't bad. It was yeah, good at the loved time, it. but we've kind of rode the wave of geek culture. But yeah, yeah it was, it's always been it's been what it needed to be at the time, so for sure. Cool. You don't want anything to grow too fast. No. We're going to get back to all that in a second, Nonsense. but let's catch up on what we've been doing for the last month. So where have you been? What did you do? I went to Nashville for a few days and came back and... What did you guys do in Nashville? Did some work. Just hung out. Wandered around. Hung out on Broad Street, Broad whatever. Yeah. And then came back. Um, we were only there for the weekend. Where'd you say? At my wife's sister's house. Oh, I forgot that her sister lived there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So did you go to any cool bars, any cool restaurants? We went to, I don't know, we went to Nudie's, and then we went to some dude, some other old super western place across the street from that. Nudie's is not a strip club, by the way. Oh, because it sounds like it. It certainly does. I was very, very disappointed when I walked in there. <laughs> They have so many good bands up there. Like everybody that lives in Nashville is just the best musician that you've seen 
in that hour. Really? And so everybody's doing like the raddest covers of all the stuff that you're trying to listen to. Uh-huh. I think we walked up and they were playing um, either Sweet Child of Mine or Welcome to the, I think it was Welcome to the Jungle. And I was like, yeah, I can party with these dudes. And then like every hour there's rotating bands out. It's super crazy. There's so many bands trying to get heard. They're just like climbing over each other to play. How would you even, if you were in that situation where you had to pick a band out of that crew, how would you even begin? I mean, if there's so much. Then you just get them to drop off a demo tape and then you go through the numbers of like, all right, these dudes charge me $200 to play for an hour or these people, this dude's only going to charge me 50 so he might not be as good. Let me listen to his sound quality and blah, blah, blah. I think that's how you would do it. You just be super objective about it. And not emotional. Well, it'd be like moving to LA to act, is what I'm saying. Like, that's, yeah. that's pretty tough game. Everything's super saturated. Yeah. I don't know. I don't claim to know. It's interesting. Um, I went to Minnesota. Yeah, you did a whole bunch of book reading and cooking. I read an actual book. Was it pages. a cookbook? <laughs> no. Was, this, was it Betty Crocker? <laughs> no. At home it was a Dean Coons book, which is, you know, it's like comic book reading, sure. it's, um, but without the pictures. That's um, no fun. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was nice to actually read a book and take naps and cook. Like I never cook at home. Tim yeah. does all the cooking, so I got to do some cooking. Um, and that was nice. And just chilled. Abby caught a, my daughter caught a fish with her bare hands. I think it was on the verge of death, but. <clears throat> so she just finished it she off? She thinks she's Disney leveled up princess, so. Or like Bear Grylls. <laughs> I don't know. It was like nibbling. It was uh, what do they call it? A carp. It's kind of no. It was like a cat, like a bull. What a bullnose? Is that a fish? A bullhead. Bull, bullhead, maybe. Yeah, it's that's like a, like a mini catfish. Yeah, it was one of those, and it was just like swimming around her feet, and it was kind of sluggish, but it was still swimming. Yeah, that dude was dead. That was muscle memory. <laughs> she just picked up a dead fish. She didn't catch anything. <laughs> it was except a disease. It was still swimming. And doing its thing. I don't think so. I don't think it's swimming if it doesn't know that it's swimming. I think that it was sorcery of some sort. And it was her, because she's a huge Disney fan. My daughter's 17. But I feel like she was being tested by some sort of Can you know, she paint with all the or, colors of the wind now? Yeah, but like, you've seen how does Beauty that work? and the Beast. Sure. There was that kind of test. Yeah. Was she going to be nice to the fish or was she going to club it over the head and eat it? The problem with this... She cradled it like a baby, is and the, so I think she's now a Disney princess. Okay. She's leveled so up. So essentially, she suffocated it because she pulled it out of its homeland. And <laughs> For a long time. Cradled I was it like, Abby like a baby is the same as... Are we, are we discussing the Dean Koontz book, or was this real life? No, like, this is real life. Okay. The Dean Koontz is totally different. I, yeah. I, need to, I need to go on one of these vacations y'all are talking about. <laughs> Dude, it's wild. You just have to go to Minnesota and stay on the lake where there's literally nothing to do. I mean that sounds nice. So it is really nice. <laughs> it's Actually, crazy, like it's you. Really nice. I was never a lake person before. I've always been a beach person. Didn't and the did not like lakes until you realize that fish just swam up to your ankles and then I don't even have fish for them. Yeah. Yeah. You just like invite them over. I kind of like the <laughs> idea that it's not rough either, and you could just go kayak. You didn't have to like park and. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like you could just take a kayak from the grass into the, the water and that go paddleboard as easily. You yeah. didn't have to like fight any sea creatures or waves. Sorry, my phone was gonna ring. I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah I went no, to Destin. It was, it was really nice. I went to the beach for a week. How was it? It was actually one of the first times I've actually gone to the beach and been like, all right, I'm just gonna be here for a week and see what I can get into. And so 
like the first, I don't know, first day or two, Bonnie and I went to the Harbor Walk where they have. I've never been there. Have you been there? Nope. They have this um, busy owning your own Mardi Gras You're parade. You're coming up for you know air in, for a while. Nah, dude. I don't know. We're seven close. years. We're close. Yeah, you should be able to. If you, this is the problem. Quit getting passionate about things true. just be that is true. That's indifferent <laughs> about everything and you can take every vacation every week will be a vacation because you're like we'll get there we'll get should there. we get we order more of this <laughs> ah, whatever I, listen yeah. i've never been to harbor walk yeah ever but i've heard it's awesome that's all right you got super ripped on some rum drinks yeah that was fun and is there was a Mardi Gras parade. Can you just park and then go there and shop and lay out is it on the like no nah, it's on the it it's up? like a little port type thing like oh. it's a harbor there's docks all over the place and like a marina yeah basically oh it's cool though hmm. it's I'll very very it very touristy touristy um so that's terrible but i don't know they had a Mardi Gras parade they had people nice. on stilts that weirded me out it was it was fun so you're just a beach bum for a week yeah then we went kayaking the next day and then i don't know i think i like kayaking have you been kayaking yeah we actually used to do that yeah Kayaking and paddleboarding? Mm-hmm. You been paddleboarding? Not yet. I want to do that next. I'm, I'm thinking I up. like kayaking better than paddleboarding. Paddleboarding is actually pretty hard. That's the stand Plus, up with the paddle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I want to do that. Plus, though. you feel like you're going to fall all the time. Kayaking sort like, of takes away from the joy of what you're doing. Sure, sure. I'm sure there's people that are super confident on their boards. Like, I had a friend who, like, shark fished off of his. Fished for sharks off of... Yeah. That's I, sketchy. No, we'll pass Absolutely on that. not. That's yeah. too sketchy. It's way too sketchy. I'm not fighting a shark. Because I do think I'm a dolphin. Definitely not going to fight seal. a shark with only a slim piece of fiberglass, nope. or in my case, an inflatable paddleboard. Oh, that's between, right. You got those silly inflatable yeah, ones for like seven thousand dollars. Yeah, between me and it, it was not my wisest choice. I'll be honest. What buying an inflatable paddleboard? The inflatable part. Yeah, that's probably yeah. not that smart. It is smart. It's like check you, out this marshmallow wrapped human for dinner. <laughs> like, let's get it. You just got to get through the plastic. All right. All right, let's let's get on to Phil. He hasn't done anything wrong. Y'all can talk about whatever you want. We're just hanging out. I mean, this is literally how it goes every week. That's fine. It's perfect. <laughs> All right, Phil, so tell us about Fanatics or tell us about you. I, I just cuz sure. I heard you guys both have Did you guys used to skate as kids? Like yes. hang out and yep. skate? Yep. Sanctuary Skate Park, the uh pretty much the place like it's a fixture in my memory of where I met a lot of important people and then we all kind of somehow us, you know, scoundrel skateboarders ended up right. growing up and being pretty important professionals in the area. Yeah. That's pretty interesting stuff. It's super weird. So. How could you possibly when you're a bunch of hooligans? I don't know. It ha- maybe it has something to do with doing an insanely hard hobby that requires dedication and practice. What? But yeah. but skateboarding is not for How are you important. skateboarding okay, in between I'm getting your condos. vandalizing exactly. and your... Oh, how did we have time for that? <laughs> I'm very excited. Like I'm about to get on the best soapbox in a little bit. Please do. I'm going to finish this whiskey and then we're going to Oh Lord! I'll wait till after the podcast. I'm gonna let y'all both Lord. have it. Um, so, who did you skate with at that time? Because I've met Chad and sure. then Justin and. So in you know I was probably 13 or 14 and. And are I, you including Justin in that group of successful people? I'm just curious that have yes, gone on to vaguely. do awesome yes. things. <laughs> sure, oh. but just by proxy, okay. just because he's in the room, I'm gonna. No, no. I mean, well, no, for real though. I'm so I'm from Level Plains originally, right. small country town. So growing up there and then moving to Delville. There was never much to do, so make no doubt about it. Dothan was always the place to head to. Right. Mecca. Yeah, for whatever hobbies we had, you know, whether it be paintball or skateboarding. So that being said, you know, Sanctuary was basically like 
the golden years for me because as a kid in Delville, there was nothing. That's like going to Disney. Yeah, it was. And so my parents would drop me off at open and I would stay till there was nobody in there. You know, I'd hog the jukebox. But so during oh, those wait, days. Explain to, so I'm thinking yeah. this is just like an outdoor skate park. That was a warehouse like? on yes. Coderry Road. Yep. It was like 12,000 square feet of ramps and magic. Indoor? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you had a jukebox? Yeah. Yes. It was super loud. Did they and have it, snacks and drinks? And yeah. Yes. It was great. I mean, and it's like, yeah, it's awesome. It's a great time in a lot of our memory. And sure, I didn't get to go as much. Cause Did you know Delta, how to skate when you went there? Or were you just like, I'm going to go skate? Did they so, have? Do they have skate? Was it like a roller rink? Y- yeah. Nah. Well, it had like, it was sectioned off. Like, you know, you go in here to skate. And if you're just hanging out, you come over here. You don't go in there just to go do laps. You know, you were going to learn something. Yeah. And so oddly enough for me, I was just getting into skateboarding my first time out. And which is why skate parks are so important to me, which is why we're working on all that. Right. Because, so like my first time there, I learned, you know, all about my first skateboard was from Hibbit sports. So I go in there and go into the shop and the guy behind the counter, Mr. Lord, he was teaching me about grip tape and bearings. And I was wondering why my skateboard was so slow compared to everyone else's. So, because of that local business here in Dothan, I learned all that. So that's why it's so important to me. And that's where I met Stephen Williams, Brian Smith, Justin, a lot of people who at the time I didn't know who they were, but now growing up, I realized, wow, that was so-and-so and that was so-and-so. So right. pretty important, you know, so that was, and I think that's probably one of my earliest influences of a business kind of gearing me up for what I do. Right. Because I was so affected by someone else's business. Like, do you man. think that all the kids that were skating there were similar kids? Like, not necessarily your baseball kids, not necessarily your football kids, not, ne- you know. I mean, it's a super athletic thing, but yeah, yeah, other, you know, sports can be super expensive. I always look at skating as kind of like running or soccer. Sure. It's that sport that people can play because it doesn't cost a lot of money. Right. You know, initial cost is, it's definitely not cheap by any means compared to other stuff, but... That being said, it's super rewarding, and it's something that allows people to be creative, not necessarily just athletic. Like, you can do whatever you want on a skateboard. Pulling up so. pictures of this old skate park, so yeah. you can look at them. Oh, cool. You need to post them on Instagram so other people can see them. Let's see what we're talking no, about. No, man, because then they're going to get all amped. Like, what, they're going to do that crazy wall ride thing? Like, uh. about that life. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I still have dreams about that place. Like, I'm a 35-year-old dude, sure. and, like, I'll wake up and be like, Was it man. that good at, like... It was, it was the magic. Yeah, it forms you as a human. Like it's one of the most developmental times in your life, anyway. Because it's how when old are you at that time? Thirteen and fourteen. Yeah, and pretty I think strong. This years. was ninety six to yep. ninety nine, ish. Yeah. So yeah, I would have been fourteen, give or take. Definitely, and that was just like so cool having this place where someone's like, you know, they think it belonged and they built it and it did belong. You know? Yeah. And I was so sad when it went away, and I think a lot of us were. And Why we're still did trying it to go away? I can't comment. I have no idea. I mean, I mean it was, just was skating not as popular. Was no, it just not? I mean that was ninety nine. Was like right before the big boom. You know, skateboarding so. inherently is not a super glamorous or super lucrative thing to get into on a local level, um, because your clientele are all like tweens. Like none of them have any money. Right. So you're basically just pitching to the parents. Right. Um, it's a tricky business to be in. Like I ran a skate park here for a while. And then moved to Montgomery, and then that kind of fell by the wayside. But here is a picture of Sanctuary Skate Park. So that's like an overview. Oh, how cool. But yeah, like skateboarding is such a weird thing because it has such a weird stigma. Everybody immediately believes that you are just yep. loving the devil. And what's crazy, though, is that doing all the drugs. And what's funny, though, is skateboarding was like definitely my first hobby that I had aside from board games. Yeah. But, but 
the thing about it is it kind of prepped me for this life of selling special interest because mm-hmm. like make no doubt about it being into comic books and anime in Delville, Alabama in the 90s was not easy you're immediately either. the outsiders the so, same as so the we were already outsiders as skateboarders so it made it really easy to transition into geek culture yeah. right. which is why I feel like like it all kind of coincides with my existence as skateboarding and geek culture we're all kind of still looking for a foothold now that being said in the past years obviously geek culture is totally pro- taken over it's yeah. king yes. right now Thanks, so it's Adam not the, yeah it's definitely no longer Rec. counterculture and um, so it's definitely changed but it's still kind of that, that attitude of DIY you know do what you're into yeah. that's kind of what it was all about so and that was the thing growing up. Like there was nowhere to go. Like before sanctuary, there was nowhere to go. So there still isn't a place to go for no, if you're a tween. No, I nope. mean, it really yeah. But you grow up watching that... all these dudes create something like in a Sonic parking lot <laughs> and turn like a like shitbox Sonic parking lot where Super Canton is now. Right. Built a ton of stuff out there, and that was like the go-to place before sanctuary was around. Yeah. We just go over there, and because I lived on the south side of town, it was super accessible. I'd go across the street and be skate with dudes like Chad Foreman or Jamie or sure. whoever, like Wes, Wesley Webb, just a ton of dudes that are still great friends today. And that mm-hmm. was 20 years ago. Yep. It's super crazy. And the fact that we're still talking about not having a park is pretty crazy. You know. Yeah, but we've th- had three skate parks in this town to date, and all of them have been privately owned. And because everybody's relying on their own, like second mortgage or whatever it is they use to get the money to build it yeah. eventually like that steam it fizzles last. out yeah yeah you know. it doesn't last it's hard it's hard it would it be really is. neat for uh something for the city to do and that's i mean what we've got Phillip's a bmx park and, you know, and it, we've got yeah. westgate and we've got there's i mean i just think the Dude, more how things, do we have a flipping mountain bike trail like Forever Wild. Yeah. Have you been on a mountain bike lately? Have you been on a mountain bike on that trail? It is terrifying. Uh, that trail is like three inches wide. Have you been mm-hmm. on it? I, I, I rode it when it first opened. Dude, my but... foot is wider than that trail. <laughs> like, it is sketchy. I love it though. Like I still go out there, sure, but sure. it's like there's nobody there that's like going to pick you up if you go by yourself no, and just yeah. run into a tree. It's just over for you at that point. (laughs) I just think that you can't go wrong as a city if you're building things that people can go and have an athletic outlet and be busy doing something all day. And it doesn't take anybody. Like, it's not like, well, who am I going to go play volleyball with? It's not going to be like Forrest Gump with a ping pong ball just blasting it. Well, it's something you can do on your own. Yeah. And that's what, I don't know, people get so reliant on other people to be interactive with them for their own entertainment, for their own, like, individual growth that it, it I don't know it's it's very unsafe I think it's cool to have friends don't get me wrong like I definitely love my relationship no with I people. get what you're saying it's like people who won't go work out because they have to have somebody to work out right. with them yeah when really then, you then the should, reason you're doing it is the wrong reason right you should be doing it because it's something that you want to do yep. yeah you know and be confident enough to go to that place and do it by yourself yeah and meet other people that are like-minded and interested yeah. in the same now, it's yeah. also like fishing where you can't be like, man, I did this kickflip backside tail slide on this ledge the other day, but nobody saw it. So you're just like, <laughs> yeah, this fish was this big. Like, yeah, yeah. sure, dude. Yeah, let's see. I bet. Let's see you do it again. All right. Yeah. So how did we get to Fanatics? Well, like I said, I grew up in a small, small town. And when I was in high school, this gentleman came to town, uh, Blue McGee, who's a soldier. He opened this place called Blue Wire. There's still remnants of that business, by the way. Someone bought it and kept the sign. 
In Level Plains? No, in Delville. This is in Delville. Oh, okay. There's nothing in Level Plains, let's be honest. I know. No, like, Level Plains was... That's, you said Level Plains, I'm like, yeah. what? So, so, Level Plains is great, though. It's where I, you know, spend a lot of time outdoors. As a Level kid. Plains but, is great for getting a speeding ticket. That's what Level oh, Plains yeah. is for. There's some punk rock shows out there. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went out there for that. <laughs> so, flash forward to Delville, though, and this gentleman comes to town, and this is probably during my high school, probably around the same time I was skating, and uh, he opens this place called Blue Wire, a computer cafe, a land cafe blew our minds you know we're sitting here kids in small alabama town nothing to do and this guy comes to town and puts eight high power gaming computers keep in mind this is like 2000 so esports wasn't a word um yeah you're playing duke nukem you were right playing. we were playing like counter-strike yeah. and all these old, but long story short this was a business designed for kids to come have fun or i say kids young adults right and so that that affected me deeply you know just like all the the old businesses of the 90s sanctuary heroes for hire in delville uh, blue wire these are all these small local businesses in delville that really affected me mm-hmm. and so i think that kind of like brainwashed me into wanting to do my own business mm-hmm. and i t- i talked about it for years and then i finally just did so and i asked him you know i asked my dad for a loan when i was like 18 to buy blue wire but he's like no you got to work for it and i think that really helped set the tone for my work ethic. So I'm glad he didn't give me the money because it really made me have to go and get it. But that's what I think affected me and brought us to Fanatics to this day. And to this day, I still tell people about Blue Wire and how awesome it was. So That's neat that you um, have those businesses exactly to call on. Oh, yeah. That, I mean... That created a... It's a vibe, an energy, yep, a, a yep. feeling. It gave you memories. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're losing that a little bit in this digital age. And I think that's why these things will inherently never lose their value. There's something about face-to-face interaction, and there's always going to be a need for social spaces. Now, it may not always be the you may not always get to sell products to make your money to have that social space, but regardless, you can't have those experiences without it. Just like skateboarding, you know, right. it's all about that physical I interaction. Think more so. so, there's going to be a call for having to go take time out to do something yeah, social because yeah, you're I right, agree. everybody's getting lost in their phone. Yeah, everybody's living in their own like self-made cubicle whether they realize yeah. it or not it's like yeah and so that was actually like a call to action for fanatics that was one of the first things we set out to do was to create this space to be specifically designed to come and play your games you know and originally fanatics was not called a game store you know i never branded fanatics as something something games it was always just fanatics like what are you crazy about you know just come so is fanatics it. yours from the beginning yes has it always been yes really mm-hmm. jake's gonna be so excited when i go home yeah a lot of people and, and i take that as a compliment a lot jake. of people thought it was like a franchise or like some pre-made uh, business model but it really wasn't it was like an amalgamation of like all these businesses that influenced me growing up and then we just decided to do it. I actually leased the building without my wife's permission. It was pretty funny. That's a funny story. <laughs> Is it funny now? So, was it funny then? It was funny now. <laughs> I, okay, so like, you know, I talked I'm about it for years. I'm also married. I know how those things go. Sure. I talked about it for years, though. Like, she had fair warning. And there was a point in time, you know, here I am. I'm, I worked in finance for 10 years. Like, I started Army Aviation right after high school. Right. So I had, like, a daddy job, like, right after high school. It was kind of boring. You know, I had to... I never could grow a beard, which is probably why I have a beard. Yeah, I, I had to wear khaki five. pants. Yes. From two months after I graduated high school, I started that job. Tuck that shirt in today and yes. forever. So, so that being said, she knew it was coming and she knew I was looking for a place. And at one point we were talking about either moving off somewhere, like we wanted to go explore the country or open a business. Like that was the ultimatum. And then we decided to stay put, you know, to stay near family. And so one day at lunch, I was like, hey, come look at this building. And I took her to see this building, and I was like, okay, well, I signed a lease on it. Like, <gasps> yeah. And so I was like, this is going to be our retail store. So that's how it happened. That's like, you just got to jump, man. You just got to do stuff. That's so, it. That was, it's, dude, it's crazy. She, for a, Sink or swim, you know. We did the podcast together for a, 
damn near a year. Yeah. And every day after, every week after the podcast, like we'd be sitting outside and you're like, you just, dude, you can do it. Just do it. Yep. I'm like, I don't know, man. I like having, I like going to Jeffers and taking pictures of dog treats <laughs> for $8 a week no. because I, I know that's always going to be there. Yeah. Well, I, and it'll make no doubt about it. I kept my day job. You know, I kept my day job to help make the, the, situation not as scary but there's something about a little bit of security i mean because i kind of we signed when i opened two girls in a spa we Mm -hmm. just as a wing and i signed a lease and then quit my job the next day because i didn't want to burn bridges where i was working at that time i didn't want her to think which is where i work now because i did that we always had a great relationship sure i never wanted her to think that i was taking clients or yeah um but yeah, just to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yep. I don't even have floors or walls or paint on anything yet. But Yeah, we didn't either. It was Gina's Barbershop. And we had to like go in there and take out some old hair sinks. And it stunk. And it, was, it was so much work, too. Let me tell you, it was the first location was 800 square feet. We spent two and a half months cleaning it out and getting it ready. And we were only there for three months. Really? The initial Is location. that the Metro West? No, location? this was like our first location next to Planet Fitness of today, right over there. Okay. So, like a vape shop now? Yep, yep, that's it. That okay. was it. So <laughs> we just jumped with it. And uh, But the thing is, we, you know, this was. I tell people it's not like we were flying by the seat of our pants. I mean, this is something I kept a journal daily since, you know, I was probably 19 or 20 and just kept writing down ideas and stuff and fanatics was always the thing I kept coming back to so mm-hmm. it was definitely no accident like I, I kind of felt like I knew what I was doing and it was something I was passionate about and those two things were key like you, you can't just wish something into existence like yeah. I feel like it needs somebody who's interested in it which is probably why you know some of the last efforts of skate parks have kind of come and gone like it really we really want to get somebody behind those that are same thing you know? yeah the last two were so like I wanted I just want to have a skate park because I like I'm, I think it'd be cool. And then the other owner was like, my son likes to skateboard this week. So I'm going to open a like, skate park. Why do they have to exist at the same time? It's, dude, it's so bonkers. So, like, it's yeah. feast or famine for sure. But anyway, so, so yeah, that was the genesis of Fanatics. And it originally started as just a uh, card shop and hangout. You know, right. Come and bring your cards and play. We had two products, Warhammer 40K and Magic the Gathering. And then, of course, snacks. And that was it. Yeah, Jake played Magic so. the Gathering. I can't tell you how much money I spent <laughs> on those damn Magic cards. Thank you. And then he would come there. <laughs> and what did like the tournaments were set up where you you bought the pack of cards there. Right. Those were the pre-releases. He always came to those. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Those are still great. We still do them every three months, too. Yeah. Does he? I, I have to tell him. He'll probably have yeah. to come by there he gonna this be summer at, before he leaves. Holding that hand out. Sure. Like, let me get that allowance on the way out. now. Sure. Look, he's a big dude. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably believe it. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. So, tell me about the inside of Fanatics. Because I heard you guys yeah. put in a coffee shop. There's yep. a board and table. Yep. Which is funny that we're talking about this. Because it was just at... Um, you know, because I read a book with actual pages on vacation. So I went to Barnes and Noble the sure, other night. Sure. She also writes. I just for a can't newspaper. pick out a book. I mean, I think this kind of ties in together, but there's something about having your hands on something, something yes. tactile, like boards and games. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, the like dexter- there's just the physical dexter- something yeah. about sitting across mm-hmm. from somebody and 
you know, doing something. I yep. so I it was fun going to Barnes and Noble and like picking up the books and reading the back of them or reading yep. the inside sleeve of them. Like you, yep. you don't get the same like oh I want to read this book when you're yeah. going through Amazon. Yeah, just it's so flat and so impersonal. Yes, there's an old quote and this is very you know brash, but this is an old quote attributed to Stanley. I don't think he actually said this. But there's an old quote that says, you know, you can look at a boob on the internet, but wouldn't you rather hold one in the hand? And that's an old joke about comics, about how people were scared about digital comics. But, yeah. but I don't think Stanley actually said that. But it's hilarious because it's true. Everyone loves to flip through books. Like print, print, it'll, it'll be a long and hard death if print never dies. So, can you imagine going to the going to church with a Kindle in your hand? It probably happens. I'm also oh, yeah. not at church oh, all the time. It's just not. I mean, I've read plenty of books on the Kindle, and it. it and I know that there's the bar at the bottom where you can see how far you're into it, but there's just something about having a book and knowing you have like six pages left. Sure. You don't yeah. get that same feeling from the Kindle. You could yeah. be on so the you, page you before the last page. You don't get to have a bookmark when you're looking at it on an iPad. And or gaming whatever. is the same way. Like card games, like there's something inherently valuable about the dexterity of like holding a hand of cards right. that'll never get old. Like people love yeah. it. You know, you fan them out in your hand, you flip through them. And so there's like, there's value in those things that people subconsciously attached to and that's why I think it'll be a long hard death now there has been a lot of threats from digital media like digital gaming like Hearthstone and other games that do digital card games but magic is still going you know it's it's tough out there but it's gonna happen yeah that's like newspapers like anybody that I tell them that I own a free newspaper they're like what are you doing (laughs) like you just balling out of control just trying to get rid of some money like what is wrong with you like no Uh Okay, you know what? I, I, I was sitting down with some people that work for a couple local newspapers yeah. the other day, and I did say the industry is dying. It is. It is dying. Just you like radio out, is dying. I could yeah, use radio yeah. as an example. But you got to figure is, out your niche. There is a niche. Yes. If you... Why do you have to do it the old programmed way? Like, yeah. just sit down, clear out all the old rules. Yeah, and that's what it'll take. Your I've own got thing. zero it's formal training nobody, on how the hell to do this. It's not that nobody wants to not pick up a paper. Yeah. It's just not delivering the same. No, everything they're reading is, is like want. obituaries and like foreclosures, yeah. and everybody's bummed out. There's nothing telling you like go get into this. It's gonna be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Which is why the locals has been... It's got its own right. niche. Yep. Which Fanatics has its own niche. Now, yeah. tell me, uh, what do you guys have in there now? Because I know you have yeah, games. So it's start, not just magic yeah, cards Yeah, we, we do so much now. So, like, we started out the super special interest, niche interest. But what it's grown to is, like, basically we saw a need early on to diversify because mm-hmm. Dothan is a smaller town. And so we can't exist at the level at which we want to exist by just selling magic, you know, as much as I'd love to. So what we do now <laughs> is now when you come into Fanatics, I mean, we're t- technically a, a sporting goods store and a card shop and a coffee shop. So we do disc golf, board games, card games, miniature games, um, tons of comic books now, comic books and manga. We're kind of like a low-key Barnes & Noble. Like I tell people we're a nerdier Barnes & Noble. So we don't have as big a selection, but we have a more curated selection of okay. graphic novels. And you know, we don't do books, but we do graphic novels, manga. And then, we have, uh, and then when you come towards the back of the room, we have a lounge and a espresso bar with third wave coffee like we're actually i feel and this is gonna sound really egotistical but we have one of the best coffee shops in town and it's kind of unheard of because we don't advertise much it's just kind of like for no, my you customers guys don't advertise at all yeah we just kind of keep it low-key and under the rug and i do that on purpose to be honest because we're happy with our traffic and i like my customers and it's there to serve my customers i'm not looking to farm in a bunch of people yeah. and be a starbucks we just want to serve people who know about it and that's kind of you know it's just fun that way and 
and so we still host all the card game tournaments and board game tournaments, but now we kind of apply this third space theory to our store where we have like, you can just come and hang out and have a coffee. You don't have to be there to shop because let's be honest, people shop online, Amazon. So we're not looking to necessarily make all our money on retail. We want to make some money on entertainment too. So coffees, um, you know, you're just hanging out in the social space, get something to drink, read a book. And that's that. Can you read comic books? Can you play games while you're there? Yeah, people play games all the time. We used to do video games, but we kind of cut those this past year because we wanted to focus primarily on like face-to-face interaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, we still give free Wi-Fi, but we used to have like eight TVs in the back and you can come play Smash Brothers. So we purposely cut that out to make more room for board games because we want people to be hanging out with each other. How late are you guys open? Uh, Midnight on Fridays, but like every seven days a week, one to nine otherwise. Huh. So it's a pretty interesting little spot. And it's What's still kind of catching on. One to eight. If I show up on a yeah. Sunday, you'll know that I have graced the inside of your there building you go. because I do not get out of bed on, don't do anything on Sunday. <laughs> and it's so interesting because, I mean, it is an interesting, like, vibe. I mean, it, people tell me they, they think it feels really homey in there and fun, but it's still not, like, it's not for everyone, kind of. Right. And that's fine. You know, you got to find your niche. And then, so lately, the latest development was the Rad Giant Skate Supply, which is basically a kiosk full of all the essentials of skateboarding gear so that it's easier for a kid to get into it. Because as of now, you know, um, and shout out to Brian's Skate Shop in Ozark, great guy, I've known him since I was 14. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the only place to get skateboard stuff. So it's if you're a 14-year-old kid in Dothan, it's kind of hard to make your way down there. Right. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of make something in town where you could come in, just like disc golf. You know, disc you could golf actually was, see what you were yeah. buying instead yeah. of trying to do it online. That's so, a nightmare too. Yeah, because like regardless of what people I don't may like think, shopping online. There's, I like yeah, putting my hands on stuff. Yeah, I like having it. The minute the, the money leaves there's my a, checking account, I want <laughs> that in my hand. Yeah, right. there's a lot if of I'm people doing something. I want it now. Yeah. yeah, but retail it has changed retail like the amount of business we do. I mean, plus it was already kind of heading that way when we opened, so we kind of knew that going into it. But yeah, definitely changes the model. So now we're like super diverse. We do disc golf, skateboarding, and then all the original fanatic stuff plus coffee. And through all of that, we're able to kind of like maintain this 5,000 square foot facility for people to come and hang out. Okay, question so. about board games. Because yeah. I was just at Barnes & Noble, like I told you, and I was in the board game section. And it better not a be lot a Scrabble rules game. New, lose my no. mind. Yeah. It was a lot of new cool games. Right. Uh, what are the your top five board games that everybody should own, have to play? Right. Probably the ones you saw at Barnes & Noble. You know, because like a year ago, Barnes & Noble wasn't in the board game market. That's all recent. And it's really funny because, like, we were selling board games, you know, in 2010. And now, like, I remember when me and my wife got married in 2008, we specifically went to Target to buy a board game and Barnes and & Noble, and there was nothing. Like, you get shoots and Ladders or Stratego. Yeah. And so, flash forward to now, there's all these games in all these stores. It's very interesting because board games are popping off right now. Right. So, so like, games like, uh, you know, King of Tokyo, Settlers of Catan, um, Jake said, by the way, he's never been beaten at Catan. Oh, really? Ever. Well, I mean, if he knows what he's play. doing. So. Cones of Dunshire. <laughs> That's a real game. No, I'm just kidding. I, that was I, a funny episode, by the way. Super yeah. meta. And they, like, nailed it. It's yeah. hilarious. But, what yeah, are you talking so, about? You- Parks and Recreation, the show. Yeah. One of the characters on that show created his own game, and yeah. somehow it leaked. <laughs> and then everybody started playing it, and he had no idea. And then he yeah. walked in, and they were like, oh, my God, this is the game I made when I was – like five ten years ago, and he's like, anyway, that he had it's to prove. Episode. Yeah, he had that to prove that he made it, and so he just crushes everybody. Um, what board game do you suggest? Like, if people aren't sure, um, 
is people's go-to sol- Candyland? No. No, see, because and everybody a, likes, what is it? Clue? Words Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity. I that don't used to like be, that game. It used to be one of our best sellers, but now Target is an exclusive retailer for them, and they get it all. So it's very interesting, this change in this paradigm shift of who gets to sell what. You know, Yeah, like, but Cards Against Humanity always It's apples goes, to apples. Yeah, like, but yeah. it always just goes dirty. Yeah, Which I mean they mean that's, that. that's why we for. sell so much of it, you know. But yeah, but it always <laughs> there are options though. Yeah. Like there are some great party games. Like there's this one we sell called Code Names, which is just like a I, deduction. That's what Jake game. was yeah. talking about last night. Code day. Names. Um, Have you seen that Jelly Bean game where like some of them are delicious and some <laughs> just taste horrendous? Bamboozled. Uh, maybe that bean boozled. I thought that was bean Harry boozled. Potter. <laughs> no, bean yeah, boozled. That's it is a real off thing. of the old okay. uh, Bernie Bots beans. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, da, da. But um, it's disgusting. I hate that game. It's so much fun though. Is it? It's not fun when you get like dirty socks. Dirty socks is there's the a worst. vomit one. There's like oh, long clippings. That one is pretty there's bad as well. Old milk like. Well, we but were, then there's stuff that's like peach and oh okay. That's when we were in Mexico, somebody brought bean boozled to the resort and but they so smuggle it, it in. It from was the a States? double whammy because if you got the bad bean, you also then had to do a shot of tequila. So you had the bad bean and the tequila. And was, all that's just going to end up on the rug. It's frankly too much. <laughs> uh, all right, what? So yeah. So wait, code what was name, Code Names? Code Names. Okay. King of Tokyo is one of my favorite games. King of Tokyo? Yep. It's like a way better Yancey. Okay. And um, there's Boggle. a couple other, like off the top of my head, I'd have to go look at our... What is this one. Werewolf one? Yeah, that's a popular one, Werewolf. It's it's a deduction game where you like kind of, it's a mystery style game where you're trying to figure out who's the bad guy. Right. That's a super fun game. A lot of people play it. Um, and there's a bunch of others. And we actually have a lot of party games in stock right now too, like designed to be quick learn, you know, fun, short Easy to play. What's that pie in the face game? Yeah, stuff like that. Like okay. speak out, you know. That uh-huh. kind of, you know. But um, yeah. So and, and like I said, board games used to be like one of our specialties. Um, but now it's a little bit difficult because Target and Barnes and Noble kind of they caught they, on. They steal the thunder, you know. They get it. But yeah, but here's you the can deal, come though. to Fanatics and play the game, right? Like, and see, then we take don't home absolutely, home and we you. don't complain because like honestly, Barnes and Noble creates more customers for us than takes, you know, because you'll get into board games through Barnes and Noble, and then if you want to really more refined, yeah, if you want to get into it, then you say, okay, where's our local board game shop? So it's fine. Yeah, but you here's know, we're the thing about that. going buying games at Barnes Noble. It's like buying a skateboard I- at Dick's. Yeah. Exactly. I can open a book and kind of read a little bit about it. Yep. I can't open a game and start playing with it in the middle right. of Barnes and Noble That's an and then go, point too. Uh, no, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> and we have like, yeah, we have like 50 or 60 games where people can play. Right. And we're trying to rotate that collection in and out. It's really hard because there's a ton of games, you know, because people treat games as kind of like movies in, in a sense that we're playing this one right now. Like, and, we're, and we're, like, what's the, we just said, Words Against Humanity. Yeah, Cards Against Humanity. Super, yeah. super popular, yep. but probably phased. It's starting to come down a Yeah. Bit. Their, their reign is coming to an end, but they're still going to be massively popular. They'll put something else out. Yeah, they're going to duke you out one more expansion pack. What about pack. the one that is the, uh, the one, the thing you put in your mouth? Speak out. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah we have I a couple of I want to play that them. game. So, that one we don't have a demo copy for. No, I would think not. <laughs> you just dip it <laughs> in some scope. There's <laughs> no way. It's your turn. Random guy. <laughs> Here you go. What, you know, the main thing, though, is to remind people of, like, the the value of a board game you know you go to the movies with your family you're spending 60 yes, 70 dollars not about winning it's about so, that quality time right spent. just learning the game is half the fun so that being said you know you can't sample games all the time but at the same time it's kind of like a movie you know you go see a movie and you might not have liked that one but there's another movie coming out next month and games are just like that you know we we kind of get latched onto the video game culture and kids come in you know they're used to video game culture where it's like here's the newest game coming out this month it's 60 dollars yeah. play it and there's always a new game coming out next month 
But then they look at board games and they think sixty dollars for a board game, this better last forever. Like why? You know, it's it's value. You're gonna be able to replay it. Yeah. So you know, there's gonna there's be no a, boss. Yeah. It's just who else sits in that chair. Right. And that's what's great about them. There's always the replay value of your new friends. So. I think I think though the generation at the twenties right now, the early twenties, they're mm-hmm. into more social stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're getting like to me. Mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe just Jake. I just feel like him and his group of friends, like they play board games. They, I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, also, I think, I think that's just the geek. nation correcting itself where it went so far where people didn't care about anything. And now you've got people in our generation that are yeah. like, no dudes, you got to like pay attention to this and make sure that you like buy local stuff and right. local food. Yeah. You need local to invest in where you are or right. it's going to go to crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's kind of the nation correcting itself, and it I might have even gone. I too guess far. it makes my heart feel good that uh, there are kids that are coming up oh, that yeah, sure. enjoy all that stuff. Yeah, like yes, they definitely. get a legit. I don't think it has they the would same rather drink this beer versus that beer because it's yeah. from here, or they'd rather eat this food at this restaurant because sure. you yeah, know, I think that's Al really cool. owns it. Yeah, they're not like just fighting each other to get to Olive Garden. Yeah. For never-ending whatever Italian tour Ugh. nonsense. Yeah. Um, tell me about the skate park initiative. Sure. So that started like back in 2013, right after the last effort for a skate park. And really what it boils down to is just kind of the, it's the group that stands for like putting our foot down, I guess, because like we want to kind of keep the conversation going. And so the Dothan Skate Park Initiative is supposed to be a group of people, regardless of the situation in the city, that we're still going to be moving forward with skate parks. Like, because when people hear skate park, they think of a big facility. But when I think of skate park, I think a bench in front of the library that someone says you're allowed to skate yeah. here. That's a skate park. And so, so the skate park initiative is really just like, where's the properties that we can modify for skateboarding and legally do it. And kind of, we're moving forward day to day looking for new spots. And then eventually, yes, we want to sit and talk and do the big skate park. But in the meantime, you know, we got to finding areas. Well, yeah. Milton, Florida has a public skate park. Yeah. Malone, Sneeds. Yeah. Defuniac Springs has had two. Yeah. You know, when we were kids, they had one By and the then airfield. they tore it up yeah. and then they built another one. Like, how did they do it twice? Yeah. They have a population so. of like a dozen. Yeah. Somebody there knows what they're doing. There's a lot of uh, skate park. And we're in Minnesota where um, oh, you know, sure. there's lots of Gunnersville has a yeah. free skate park. But these were like little skate parks that were right next to the playground mm-hmm. and the, you know, boat yeah, ramp sure. and the... It's a cheap facility. I mean, in the law, in this grand scheme of things, it's really a sure win bet. But f- but there's like a there's a stigma and there's like a bar we have to go over to get it. Um, when I lived I lived in Ohio for like three months. Yeah, That's exactly. Your problem. Yeah. And so when I stayed in Ohio, I mean, there was a skate park like within ten minutes of every direction. You know, so it's pretty interesting how the the conversation is still hang up hung up in Dothan. But well, we'll get there. Cr- what's crazy is like if if I were a dad, God forbid, and <laughs> I had two job offers, one in a town with a skate park, and I had a kid that was 10. Sure. I'd go to the one with a skate park because, like, <laughs> now we're old enough to where we have, or our generation is starting to have families, and this is a real a real thing that you look at when you're shopping a new yep. hometown. Uh, yeah, like I said, when I was in Ketter, uh, I lived in Dayton, Ohio, for three months. I tried to move up there, quickly moved back, but... My friend, I moved to Ohio to like start a new chapter of my life, and my roommates got uh, sent to Afghanistan a couple months later. So I had to come right back to Dothan. Oddly enough, I met my wife right after that. But when I was in you Ohio, did start a new chapter. Yeah, like it was pretty interesting. It was all meant to be. But up there, there were skate parks in every town. It yeah. was mind blowing. So my grandmother lives in a town the size of Graceville, and they have a free skate park. Yeah, I it's, don't get it. We'll get there. It's incredible. 
Because it doesn't cost anything. Right. So hence the Dothan Skate Park Initiative is to right. keep that conversation kind of ever present and not let it fade. And by bringing in a bunch of people, it'll always kind of rotate and there won't be any singular period to the sentence. It's always just like, what are we doing for skateboarding? Yeah. And currently, you know, we've got the downtown spot that we're working on finalizing this week. So hopefully that'll be back open. You know, we did a fundraiser last month, raised about $2,500. And so it got a little hung up with some uh, insurance reasons, but we're back on track. And so that should be available hopefully later this week. What about getting all of you, I mean, you know, Chad Foreman, you guys, what about getting the whole crew back together and doing um, some cool skate? Like a privatized thing? No, like, I mean, you. let's be honest, Chad knows some pretty famous skaters. Like He gets around. I mean, yeah. I think that's definitely a possibility. Well, that's like y'all did the Lean on him Go Skateboard bit. Day. Like got, <laughs> yeah. got a little got a little sideways when the venue had to change last minute. But yeah, that was crazy. I mean, Jamie Thomas was in town and he went and hung out at Westgate Park one afternoon to skate with everybody. I just mean he's bringing some more publicity to it. Yeah, and we're mean, gonna we definitely want to do those. You guys things, all started so. in the same spot. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, and I want like I said, I want to do whatever we can. So whether it be a public concrete park or, you know, I'm interested in pursuing a private facility eventually. It won't be huge, but I'm going to do it eventually. Like it's just a matter of time because it's just like fanatics. It's something I want to exist because mm-hmm. I want to skateboard. I'm, I'm getting yeah. old and I want a place to go that I can, you know, go skate without having to worry about yeah. getting beat down by the sun. I don't want to be the, thrown out of a place yeah. when I'm 40 years old. For yeah, it's really weird. So one right. way or the other, we'll get some facilities and, um, it's crazy though. If you grow a beard and I mean, do you think <laughs> eventually, you know, beards are magical things. I mean, you do get you hassled for, way less. You do. Um, People think do I'm a you jerk. think it'll be like a fanatics and then also a skateboard facility type? Yeah. Like, because I mean, like Justin said, it's not like it's going to, the skate part wouldn't bring in tons of money. I think it, I think it would have done right actually, but like, like tournaments so, and that yeah. kind of stuff. So like what our plans are right now, like so what, it wouldn't cost a whole lot of money. Yeah. It would bring in a ton of money. Like, I guess what our plans are right now, like what me and my oh, wife just talked about. I got from what about. you were saying that it wasn't a lucrative business, really, to own your own skate no, park. Like, solely. inherently, like, you have to know what's going yeah. on. And, like, it has to be your passion. Like, you yes. couldn't go out and be yeah. like, skateboarding is rad now. Like, it's going to be in the Olympics in oh, 2020. Oh, no, absolutely I'm not. I don't have a passion for it. You have yeah. to have a passion You definitely for have it. to be into it. Yeah. To make it. Right. So, me and my wife are talking about, like, so there's a lot of stuff going on and, you know, fanatics might be moving and there's a lot of stuff that's just always up in the air and we're kind of tired of having to move all the time. Like, we've moved four times. This is our fourth location in seven years, which is usually unheard of for a small business, but we've managed to grow each time. So, the next time we move, we don't want to move again. Right. And so, there's like, there is some interest in like finding a property or a building that can house all this. You know, it'd be about 10,000 square feet. I mean, I think it's possible. It sounds like some. Rob Deerdeck crap, you know, Fantasy Factory. But he at the did same, it. Yeah, I mean, it it's, it's definitely doable. You know, it's definitely doable because, like, a, property I, is actually accessible here, like financially. Right. It right. doesn't like what he did was absurd because right. He's like what in Los Angeles? Or something? Yeah, he's in the middle of downtown LA. And so we'll see what we can find. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's super kind of crazy. But at the same time, I think people who know me understand that it's not crazy because uh-huh. it's totally just it all makes sense kind of to right. put it all under one roof. Um. And so, yeah, like with the board and table and the cafe, like we have a lot of plans to make Fanatics almost more geared towards like restaurant type atmosphere where you can go like almost like Cracker Barrel for geek culture. You know, you do you go there to hang out and then you pick up the latest. You're going to have this store when you walk in and walk out. Right. But we want to also have the skateboard facility if we can, because it's all the same thing. You know, people need a place to go. It's like it's like the same tagline for everything that we do. So 
Well, if anybody's yep. out there that is listening, one of you two listeners, and you happen to have an idea of some real estate, yep. you know, get a hold of uh, Phil. Yep. Do it. Definitely. Is that it? Are we done? This is pretty good. Are There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff. What else is going on? Fanaticon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we didn't even get to that. Okay. Which is in October? Yep. It was going to be November this year. Veterans Tell Day me weekend. about Fanaticon. No, well, real quick, I'll keep it short because Fanaticon is strictly. I got time, dog. Yeah, got well, another bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the, the reason it's a good note to end on is like Fanaticon is like our own trade show. Okay. And so like it'll wrap up this whole year's worth of efforts. So when is it? November 11th and 12th at the Ozark Civic Center. Awesome. And so we'll kind of have information and booths and workshops. Involving just about everything Fanatics does, whether it's board gaming, you know, comic books, and all that stuff. We got a couple celebrities coming. You know, the guy who's that was, coming. Th- so far, that I confirmed is um, Courtney Taylor, who's done the voice on some games like Mass Effect and World of Warcraft, and also Jason Marsden, which you may remember him from Full House and like Step by Step. So kind of a '90s icon. He did the voice of Max from a Goofy movie. Uh-huh. So he's gonna be cool. He's gonna come and hang out and talk to us. And then we got a couple of the people we're working on, but and then we got some guys from Atlanta that do makeup effects, and they're gonna do a. I think he's gonna do a Harry Potter makeup tutorial and. Sweet. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And so hopefully by then though, we'll, I'm also trying to I'm tra- trying to contact Tony Hawk to like get him to come and do a booth, which sounds crazy, but I mean he has an agent. He does public appearances and speaking, and I think that would super jazz everyone up. And, and the skate park initiative's already opened that conversation with the Tony Hawk Foundation. Yeah, I mean we've talked to people in the building, so if we could get him to. Just get us his uh, client, his booking information. We'd be happy to contact those people. Sweet. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, Chris Markovich lives Phil. in Atlanta. You can get him there. there <laughs> Just turn into a whole like crossroads skate. I want to come check out Fanatics. Yeah. I um I want to come play board games. Come get some coffee. And I'm I telling you, like coffee. our coffee is like it's I'm, crazy how we keep it under the radar. What time are you guys open in the morning? One, see, we don't. One open, o'clock we do in the, the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, every day when I come get but the light, I'm like, I do, get some... I do get snoozy around three. There you go. So our next location, we hopefully will do morning rush. You know, it's just kind of baby steps. Well, I know? hope you guys find an awesome location. I hope that the uh, founding fathers here in town get a clue. And uh, it's getting help. there. It's yeah, just getting, getting there. the right it's people. Any, it's any town. It's not yeah. just this town. It's just it's. It's that thing. You got to be passionate about it. You got to keep pushing it forward. That's why you vote in your local elections, <laughs> so you can put the people in there to make the decisions that you want to make. Oh lord, that's it. Anything I'm not getting else? on that soapbox. That is not what the soapbox is about. No. no. Are you going to still get on your soapbox? No. What was your soapbox about? I don't want to talk about it. I'm over it now. You should talk uh. about it. Well, you let women vote, okay, and oh, then after now we're, that, we're done now. Oh. And here we go. If you're interested in having your story featured on the local podcast, hit us up at wiregrasslocal@gmail.com or give us a shout on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the local podcast.